Welcome to, I got to get a new intro. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Business Podcast. It just kind of like flows though. Like I just, I enjoy saying it. It's just really setting the stage. You know where you're at, you know? Anyways. Yeah, we'll go with it. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome we, to well, another episode. We've been going, we've been going with it. <laughs> yeah, we're almost at fifty episodes, and so I think at this stage it's well established. So yeah. that's what I'm doing, and I'm sticking to it. So hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Rory. What's cracking? What's going on? What's new? Well, I think what's cracking is your back. <laughs> oh, I really set that one up tonight. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So for those of you watching, I'm wearing like a ding, 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 ding kind of shirt, meaning I could go to a hoedown right now because <laughs> I I can't lift my hands over my head, my arms over my head because I really tweaked my back. I was I was working out. I was doing some kettlebell swings completely wrong. I had no idea. Here I am losing weight, feeling good and tweak. One doctor thought I uh, slipped a disc. Ow. I haven't had great mobility and it's been pretty debilitating the last week. So apologies in advance. This episode is coming out a little later than expected this week. We received some messages on Instagram. People were saying, um, hello, did you guys forget it's Tuesday? (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Um, we did not forget. It's just, I was uh, getting x-rays last night. So everything came back. Okay. I just have a really bad sprain. For those of you who have ever slipped a disc listening to this or have had severe back pain, it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Rory, I know you, you slipped on your stairs, right? And you landed right on your back. You've had like a whole host of back stuff. Yeah. Fractured the base of my um, tailbone. Oh Uh, God. That just, that made my back hurt so much more just hearing (laughs) that. I mean, we've had fractures in, in odd places. I fractured my neck. You fractured your back. We're just all fractured and we've come together to bring you this brand new episode of the big picture business podcast. Thank you all for being with us. Okay. Let's (laughs) let's get to it. Let's get to it. No more procrastinating. What what is today's episode about? You tell them. What are we talking about? Discounts. When to discount, when not to discount, how to discount, why you should Mm -hmm. discount, when you, why you should not discount. We're going to talk about some pricing strategies as well. Yep. So yeah. If that's not enticing enough for you, I'm going to share with you one of my biggest failures in business. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. And I feel like it's just really important to, to learn from these types of lessons. I mean, shoot, I definitely did. But just to hear them from other entrepreneurs, you can in fact come back from seemingly detrimental discounting disasters. So first and foremost, the reason that I wanted to talk about this with Rory, not only does Rory always have just exceptional ideas around. I I can throw Rory pretty much any topic. He's like, yeah, let's talk about that for an hour. And it's always amazing. I don't understand how you do it, but you do it time and time again, sir. And I'm so grateful. So I wrote a little bit about this in my book too, talking about discounts and how gift cards can potentially become liabilities. There's so many different aspects to discounting that I don't think many entrepreneurs, especially in the beginning stages, really understand. A discount should not be your lead magnet. Am I right? Am I right? It depends. (laughs) See, I told you he was going to say something. (laughs) Mind-blowing. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) So a discount can be 
a lead magnet, but it shouldn't be for your main product. Right. Right. Can't devalue the main product. Yeah. Because then everyone's going to expect that that's going to be the deal from then on out. Right. Like, for example, Rory, if I was like, hey, do coaching with me, but for you, 50% off, you would expect <laughs> that, right? For our enti- the entirety of our relationship. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, and then what ends up happening is then referrals because, you know, we're really big on yeah. building referral based businesses. Yeah. What ends up happening? Well, they tell their friends, hey, this, you know, I got hooked up on this deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they come to you and they go, oh, I want. I want that. The expectation is set that they're going to get the same price. What ends up happening? Well, your margins are so small that it's very hard to stay in business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, and that's provided you actually had any margin after that discount. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, we, when we discount, we're doing it for a specific reason, but sometimes we're taking a loss. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you don't want to do that to your main product or service. There are certain products and services that you can utilize in your business, in any type of business, that you, you utilize it in a way that the, that front-end product is designed to be discounted. Exactly. Okay. Example. My business, Sweet D Marketing, I do not discount website builds. Building websites is, I would say, the main aspect of what my team does. We build, design, custom websites, right? E-commerce sites. We're not discounting the site build because I know how much effort and time that takes and my team needs to get paid appropriately for it. And when it's priced at a certain price point, which we'll talk about too, there's a lot more respect that goes along with that. And I get a lot more. Well, I did. I did. All of a sudden, there was this big jump. I got a lot more clients coming to me when I set my price and I was firm. And those were the clients I knew I really wanted to work with. Right. So, that piece aside, I made sure to never discount from then on out website builds. However, however, if someone decides, which I highly recommend, to also include the peace of mind security package and plug-in updates that we do every month for the client. Okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's an additional add-on service. If they have multiple websites, it's the first initial fee. So it's one, $189 a month, right? But if they have another site, then they get a little bit of a discount on the next site and then the next site and the next site, right? So if someone's coming to me and saying, I need security done on like 20 sites. Okay, well, we'll do a little package discount, but I'm not discounting the actual build of the site. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, end of the day, it's your business. You can make the decisions you want, but we're just trying to give you some, some tips and some pointers that have worked for us. Now it makes me think of, because you're talking about discounts, also bonuses. Yeah when to use bonuses, mm-hmm. how to use them, um, and and like w- why you would or wouldn't use bonuses, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that there's this big tendency, especially in the online marketing world, to give insane amount of bonuses, right? right? To right. build up the value of the package, you know? And then a lot of times that's because the main product isn't valuable enough <laughs> on mm-hmm. its own for the price that's being asked. Yeah. Right. But a lot of this comes down to like, what price point are you at? Mm-hmm. And what was, is reasonable to push people over to, you know, making a decision and feeling like they're getting 
that additional bit of value. Okay. So with lower ticket stuff, now we're going to, we're going to talk, we'll just start the very bottom end. Okay. Something that's like under $50, like a mug or something, something simple in the e-commerce world. That could be a mug. It could be, you know, a pocket knife. It could be, you know, a t-shirt, right? So something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Journal, right. In the digital world, it could be a book, physical or digital. It can be like a small mini course type of thing, you know, that someone's paying $37 for. Mm -hmm. When you are dealing with these price points, there's so many people that are giving away things for free, like that have value or they're low ticket that you really have to push to get people to take action. If you just say, here's my book, it's 10 bucks. Most people are like, unless I really want the information that's in this book, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not really going to buy it. And even then, you know, ugh, it's, it's difficult mm -hmm. because people are not willing to take chances on stuff they don't know. But that's when bonuses and creating value really comes into play. Okay. So if you have a book and you say, okay, well, here's a bunch of bonuses and these bonuses are worth like $500 in value. Well, they're like, okay, well, I'm paying 10 bucks for a book or maybe you're giving it away for free and just they're paying for the shipping and handling costs. Mm -hmm. Well, then what? Well, they're much more likely to get it if those bonuses are valuable to them and they tie in with something that they're wanting as part of the process of the information that they're getting would be getting in the book. And it's like that next step that's helping them, whether it's a checklist or, or something like that, that, you know, goes deeper, or like a, a video training that goes deeper into some concept, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All of those things are like valuable to people and they, they get people to take action, especially if they don't know you, right? Or if they know you very little and that's like their entry point to you. But then let's go to the other end of the spectrum, like high ticket services, right? Do you include bonuses with those? And some people say yes. And some people say no. Some people are like, it devalues your service and it should stand on its own. And then other people are like, I should include some bonuses because we're, it's still a sales process. We're what trying to get you, people to take action. Well, what do you think? I mean, I have an idea, but what's your go-to? Um, I include bonuses, but I don't include a lot. And I, I'm very strategic about which bonuses mm -hmm. I include. Now, I know some, so like I said, some people, they're like, I'm not going to include any bonus, mm -hmm. you know, on like a 20 or $30,000 offer, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I still look at it like this. You know, if I go into a BMW or Mercedes dealership or, you know, whatever it is to buy a car, I still am looking for that extra thing, like as, as someone who's, you know, making a purchase right? Everyone wants to feel like they're getting something a little extra, right? Even if it's just like, I'll throw in the floor mats for you. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Right. Of course. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. You know, and you're like, okay, yeah. Like that's what we're looking for is that what is that little thing that wouldn't necessarily be included mm -hmm. that has value. And a lot of times, you know, when you're doing your, like an initial consultation with someone, you find the triggers that they're looking for that you can pull, even if it normally would include in your package, you can pull it out and put it in a, as a bonus. And then they go, Ooh, I'm going to get that. Yeah. 
You're like, I was no. going to give it to you anyway, but let's just do this now. Yeah. 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 Now, it's also a great strategy when you are like presenting someone multiple offers, like you're saying, okay, well, let's say you're giving them options. If you have like package A, B, or C, and package C is the package you actually want them to take that includes everything. Well, then you can say something like, well, you know, the bonuses are only included if you go with package C. Yep. Right. And, and then you not- also pick the bonuses to be the thing that they are like, not necessarily coming to you for, but you could like figure it out after speaking with them that like, they, that's something that would really want. Mm-hmm. It pushes them to make a decision in the, in the way that you're wanting them to make, which is actually beneficial to them because, you know, they need your services. Yes. I, that's what I wanted to, to briefly touch on. This is not a manipulation. It's, it's showing them that you heard them, you're listening, you understand, and now you can provide them the correct service. And it's also benefiting you at the same time. It's not a manipulation because I don't want to be getting a bunch of emails being like, what are you guys <laughs> talking about? No, seriously. It's just, it's, it's a matter of just designing things specifically for the customer in mind, because not everybody is going to want the bonuses. Here's the thing I want to say about bonuses. It drives me insane when I've got to sit through the video about each individual bonus, when I don't care about any of the bonuses and I just want the main thing and just move on and let me buy it. So if you are building out like a funnel, I mean, I don't know, Roy, what what do you think about the sales process? Should there be a button that's like, skip, 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 just take me to the, to the checkout because I want the main product? Well, okay. So I I think what you're talking about ends up happening in webinars a lot. Mm. where people will say the only way you can, or in product launches as well, the only way you can purchase is you have to go and sit through this whole webinar. That's Mm. two hours long. um, Got list out all the bonuses before they even give you the URL to go and and purchase. Right. Right. And we talk about, you know, in, in some of the trainings that I do with students in, in our uh, book class about how you have to, make an entry point for people who are ready to purchase right away because 5% or 10% of people might be ready to purchase from you at any given moment Mm -hmm. that has to be available. Mm -hmm. And when you force people to go through a webinar who are ready to purchase, they may just be like, I'm not even going to do it. That's me every time. Yeah. Which is a bummer because I want the product. There's one guy I know of. He on his webinar signup page has the purchase button. Like you want it now, you can buy it right now. So smart. But it's at the full price. You don't get the discount that you get from going through the webinar. Okay. Well, that's brilliant though. That's a brilliant yeah. way to do it. It's like, look, if you just want it now, fine, but hang with me for two hours. Okay. So that's smart. And then at least I know what I can expect. If it's like, if I don't want to pay $5,000, what kind of discount am I getting? Right. Let me just sit through this two hour webinar. In his case, it's not that drastic of a difference. It's like $200 off of $1,000 versus like $797 or something like that. Right. So it's like, if you really don't want to sit through it, then just purchase it. Buy it. Yeah. (laughs) But it also, for the people who do go and watch, what ends up happening? Well, they're like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I saved some money. And build a connection. And it makes it, yeah, it makes it worth their, their time. And they already know the expectation of what the price was going to be. And then they're getting a discount and they're like, Ooh, 
Yeah. Right. So in, in certain instances, you can really like understand the psychology of doing some of these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Along with talking about like pricing and price psychology, I feel like we have to turn the table a little bit and not just be speaking to the customer, but also as the business owner, look inward a little bit and be thinking about how you're pricing things and how that's going to affect things later on. Are you ready for my detrimental lovebird chocolate story? <laughs> okay, let's let's hear it. Okay. So for those of you who do not know, one of my first companies is called Lovebird Chocolates. Okay. While I was in the beginning stages of just trying to figure out how the heck to make money with this business, one of the things that I decided was a good idea at the time was to run a Groupon. Listen, I'm not knocking Groupon. I think Groupon's great for what they offer. They offer really good exposure. Um, I, I ran two separate campaigns with them for chocolate in July. <laughs> okay. That should have been a red flag first and foremost, but also you've got to be thinking with anything involving bigger picture. Who's my audience? Who am I talking to? Who am I serving? Where are these emails going to be sent? Right. And so this was before I turned the business into butter and sugar. This was the vegan and raw chocolate that I put on Groupon, my super high specialty chocolate. And I mean, immediately, right away when I put the Groupon logo on my brand side by side, totally devalued the brand like that. And again, I'm not knocking Groupon. I'm just saying, like, if you've got a luxury brand, something that you want to hold its value because you know its value, not only did I lose a ton of money, I ended up owing money. And the reviews were miserable because it wasn't the right audience. And then people were coming to me after they saw I ran a Groupon for chocolate for their wedding, asking me if they could get the Groupon price. And so it just, it pigeonholed the business in such a negative way. And sure, I got an influx of cash. I think total all told, I got like maybe $7,000 on the first campaign. But that does not outweigh the negative reviews and the fact that half the chocolate melted and I made it all by hand and it was the wrong target audience. There's, there were so many factors and I had to go through that. I really had to go through that because no one was going to stop me. It was like, this is the best idea ever. Like quick money. Bah, bah, bah. I will say the one positive side is that it did grow my customer base really significantly. However, that customer base wanted it at that price and I had to keep delivering at that price, which was like damn near impossible. So after the epic failure of Lovebird Groupon, I decided to run another campaign to attempt to redeem myself, which was okay, but I offered the butter, sugar, you're getting caramels, I'm running this at Christmas, like this is what it is. You can't complain about, you know, dark chocolate or milk chocolate, that's the option. And everyone loved it. All the reviews were great. It worked out really well, but again, it just I just significantly devalued the the overall brand and it never recovered. And so when I went to like, you know, figure out how to sell the company and what that looked like, it didn't look great. It didn't set it up great to go online. You could do it now, type in Lovebird Chocolates and there it is, the old Groupon campaigns with negative reviews and it sucks, you know? So be thinking about product, service, brand placement. Do you want to be you know, coupled with one that could significantly devalue what you've built. Learn from this lesson. Seriously, I do not want anyone to have to make this 
terrible, terrible mistake. And maybe you're listening to this and you have run a Groupon before and it's worked out great and you're still doing it. Awesome. For some restaurants, works out great. Other products, services, wonderful. Specialty, high quality wedding boutique chocolate. No. <laughs> so. Well, and again, it goes back to, is it your main product or not? And it right? was. So yeah. yeah, for you it was. But you know, if you're thinking about doing a discount on something, well, just make sure it's not your main product. Yes. Even if you have to go create a new product, yeah. that is the offer, that is your discounted offer, mm-hmm. then do it. And then make sure you're designing and thinking about it ahead of time once you have those customers, because they give you the email addresses from these customers, which is gold, right? So once you get those customers, and how are you going to monetize that from there, Right. Okay, great. Maybe they got the entry-level service to the spa. Now we can upsell them into our Valentine's Day couples package or whatever. You know what I mean? Just be aware of how you're running your coupons, how you're running your discounts, and be thinking a few steps ahead, especially if you're trying to position your company for sale later on down the line. You don't want a big old stinking red mark of like, ah, you got like a hundred negative reviews because your product melted. Like, you know, no good. If you are offering gift certificates, meaning you are receiving cash in exchange for a certificate, okay? It acts like cash. People can come to your store. They can use it online. It's technically cash. It's considered on your profit and loss statement, on your P&L, it's considered a liability until someone actually redeems that gift card. And unless your company goes bankrupt or out of business due to you know COVID, whatever else happened, you still are responsible for letting that service be redeemed because you took somebody's money in exchange. It's an agreement. It's all an agreement. So if you've sold, let's say $5,000 worth of gift cards over the holiday season, like so many business owners do, they, I mean, ample amounts of gift cards, right? Like Amazon, iTunes, all that. Do not think of that as money that you can spend. As soon as someone goes to redeem, you hopefully have a really good system where then you can redeem the money that that person has give, given to you. And then the transaction is clear. That money is almost like a, a quote unquote promise that they'll come back. Right. But I would never, never use that money. And this is because I've learned this lesson the hard way. Do not use that money and think great free money. Awesome. Because those people will come back to you and they will want to redeem and you've got to, you got to step up to the plate and do it. So when you, yeah, and if you have expenses related to that's what I'm saying, selling yeah. those those gift cards, like say like you you use five thousand dollars as an example. Well, what if your expenses are twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars, but you spent all of that money? Mm-hmm. Now what? Then what? Now now you're stuck with twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars worth of expenses, right? To re, to you know fulfill on all that. To so fulfill at any point in time. At any point, yeah. So <laughs> do you keep recommend the money in the bank? Um, have a separate business account for gift cards then? Absolutely. A completely separate where it is very clearly stated. I'll use Lovebird as the example. It's like Lovebird liabilities. And to me, I know that means those are gift cards that have been sold that I'm waiting to be redeemed. And I had I had a very clear like ticketing system on my website where I would look up someone's name and the coupon had like an order number on it. And as soon as they came in or they redeemed their coupon for their chocolate online, then that money would then deposit into my other business account. So it was a very seamless, like, okay, I don't have to go in and exchange money every time somebody 
you know, comes in and redeems the service or whatever it might be, you can set up these systems. So you're not having to think about it and, you know, out of sight, out of mind. That's how you have to treat those liabilities. And you can, I know there's business owners that get into this whole game and they, I get asked this a lot. Well, can I borrow, you know, can I borrow that money and put it back next week? You could, but are you going to put it back next week? I mean, you got to be real, real careful about that stuff or build out a buffer for yourself. I think that's going to save a lot of people, a lot of time and grief. Consider gift cards as liabilities. That's it. So on the lower end of the scale, like we were talking about, like, you know, $50 or below, when you're selling products, well, what usually happens? Think about like you go into like a Walmart or Target or something like that. You know, how are their prices? How are they positioning their, their price points, right? It's usually like $9.99, $9.97, $9.41, right? <laughs> like something like that, right? Out of the cents, yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, they're trying to like shave off those last few cents. They're trying to make it seem like it's not that next big round number, Yeah. right? And- you know, whether you're selling physical products or whether you're selling digital products, a lot of times that applies to price points. On the lower end, what ends up happening is people, because they are you know, looking for a deal or need to feel like they're looking for a deal or getting a deal on something. Like if you just put a round number on and you said you know, $10, well, your sales will actually significantly go down as opposed to if you put 9.99 or 9.97 or 9.95. And this has been proven like that we're yeah. not just saying this to say it like this is proven buyer's psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Now the flip side is on luxury goods, high-end goods, whether it's food in a restaurant or it's um, a service that you're offering. Round numbers tend to do really well. And the psychology of it is that it's an exclusive thing. It's something where people are want, wanting to pay that round big number so that they can say, like, I paid $10,000 for this, or I paid yep. 50000 or 100000 or a million dollars. Like those, those flat numbers tend to work really well. And you'll see this in real estate as an example. On the lower end homes, you know, starter homes and, you know, average homes are like, um, we'll, we'll just, I'll pick a number and say like four, nine, nine, seven, mm-hmm. right. Or four, nine, 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 you know, mm-hmm. right. And that's, you see that a lot, but when you like go uh, to purchase a luxury home, high end home, you know, it might be like 5 million. Yeah. 1.2. Or 1.2. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not like 1.299999, right? (laughs) No. It's basically like, give me the facts, give them to me quick. I don't have to think about this. There's a lot. There's a lot around that. And don't insult me. Yes. And don't insult me. Exactly. Like I can't figure out the math. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. And then you go into those restaurants where you're like, uh uh-oh, where you look down at the menu and there's no price listed. You're like, Hmm. Well, <laughs> I guess we're here. <laughs> Credit card roulette. No. <laughs> Have you ever seen that before on a menu? Yeah. I mean, all the time you walk in, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Especially in San Francisco. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. So let's talk about that from a food perspective, like, you know, difference between going to 
McDonald's, right? Yeah, they they will do dollar menu, right? But it will be like it'll be like a flat dollar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But most of the the stuff on a McDonald's menu is like four ninety nine, three ninety nine, one ninety nine, that type of of stuff. And then you go into you know a nice restaurant, and it'll be like twenty one dollars. There's no dollar sign. Mm-hmm. There's no dot zero zero. It's just twenty one. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to a certain level and you're you know looking at higher ticket items, they'll actually remove the dollar sign because they don't even want you to think that it's money anymore. It's just a number. And I gotta say, it feels really fancy. Like when I sit down, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, twenty one what hugs? <laughs> what, <laughs> what are we in for twenty one of?" I even play with commas or no commas. Oh yeah, yeah, the placement. Mm-hmm. Of of when like when I'm wanting to convey a certain price point in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, will there be a comma? Will there not? You know, <laughs> sometimes you like when you're really wanting it to feel like a big number, where you're like, okay, I'm giving you $121,000 worth of value here. You really want to emphasize the dollars and the cents and make it seem really big, and it's like this you know, big number and put commas everywhere. And, right. Right. Make them <laughs> but, huge. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm like selling a package, sometimes I won't even, I'll just put like, you know, 20 K. Yeah. Right. I won't even like write out the whole thing. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes it seem smaller. Yeah. Right. Uh, so there's like little like pricing tricks and psychology that goes into all of this goes into why we love what we do. It's fun right. to figure out. It's- I love testing it to see yeah. like the types of reactions. And it depends on the, your market too, who you're talking to, what works, what doesn't, yep. right? You got to also understand who your target audience is and what they're going to be attracted to and what they're not. And if you are selling high end and you want to attract people on more on the high end, you need to know how to position your pricing. Like for example, with us, if like someone came to us and was like, I'm going to run your Facebook ads and it's only $99 a month. We'd be like, nope, nope. you don't know what you're doing. You're not gaining <laughs> access to anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's not happening. I know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on loyalty and rewards programs. Okay. I love them. I think they're great. I love to incentivize customers to come back. I think that's wonderful. Um, but there's a significant difference between reward programs and incentives like we talked about in previous episode versus just the standard off the top discount. So you've got to, you've got to see what's going to work well with your, with your business model. Like every time I walk into CVS pharmacy, I love that. I know that I'm building points. I give them my number and I'm building points and I can use that towards future purchases. That's great. If you have something like that. Yeah. It may work for your business model. I would say like mid-level businesses. Yeah. Well, let's talk about like understanding your numbers in the context of this, because if your profit margin is so narrow, mm-hmm. but then you're also giving someone points or you know they're getting one out of every 10 that they purchase is free. Mm-hmm. Have you factored that in? Mm-hmm. You really need to know your numbers to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, is every person going to use points? Is every person going to redeem stuff? No but you have to expect it because enough people will. Absolutely. And if you don't, if you don't understand those numbers, then well, what ends up happening? You go out of business because you're not making any profit. You go out of business and, and people will take advantage 
They will. And my daughter is one of them, boy. Listen, <laughs> there's a car wash in town, which we love. It's this, well, she loves it, right? It's this tunnel car wash and it's brand new. It's beautiful. And I never, ever, 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 anyone from AJ is listening to this. I never would take my car through a tunnel car wash. Okay. Like I know what that does to the paint. I understand. However, I live in the dirt and there's constantly dirt on the car and my daughter loves the car wash. So what do we do? We pull up for like the 10th time and the owner is like, you want a membership? I was like, I don't know if you want to really offer that to us because we're going through this car wash. Like I would say four times a week. Cause she, it's like her favorite thing. She goes to preschool. Mom, I want to go to the car wash. Okay. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's really fun to see, see you ladies. I'm like, okay. So we get a membership and now all I have to do is just drive through and they scan my little barcode. And the, the woman that co-owns the place started laughing when she saw me. She's like, again, I was like, I'm sorry. I told you, like, I don't want to take advantage of this, the system here, but I warned you. So you might get, <laughs> you might get someone like me that like, you know, has a little one that needs to desperately go through the car wash every 10 minutes or whatever else. So like Rory's saying, build out those plans ahead of time. When you're thinking about the big picture of your business and what it looks like, do you want to offer discounts at some point? Is that part of your marketing strategy? Do you want a loyalty or reward program? So then no, okay, you know what? We're going to charge an additional 5% on total services, knowing, knowing that we're actually going to give that back to everyone that comes through here. So just something to think about. So I want to touch on utilizing a giveaway to boost exposure real quick. Okay. So let's say that we wanted to gain lots more exposure for this podcast. And so Rory and I decided, you know what? We collectively, we are going to come together and we are going to gift away one hour consultation with Rory and myself. And we're going to Make sure that every single person that enters that contest, it's a contest giveaway, right? You've got to enter in the contest that would significantly boost our exposure because we're going to have rules, right? You got to like the, the post. You have to comment. You got to tag 10 friends. You have to tell us why you are the person that really needs this. So you can use a main service in some way to help boost exposure, depending on where you're at in your business, Right. You've probably seen people giving away cars because they're looking to boost exposure, you know, giving away all kinds of really pricey, valuable things. But a giveaway is entirely different from a discount, in my opinion. Totally different because you have control of what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to add on to that, I saw a guy that I know do this, uh, utilize a main service to build another product that up very quickly. And what he was doing is he put his pro his main program into beta, like his program that he was selling. He went to every single person and that came into the beta program and said, I will give you a, an hour of consulting. If you leave, if you film a review, see that's smart, that's brilliant. Cause that and, holds so much weight. Yeah. Value. Why, are so, why does he have so many reviews for a beta program that he just launched? Mm -hmm. It's because of using a strategy like that. He was, he was willing to, you know, go that extra mile to make that happen. Now, does it devalue his coaching? Maybe, maybe. Maybe within but, that circle. 
but who's necessarily going to know? But is that his end game is to be one-on-one coaching everyone? No, I know that. Okay. There you go. Right. So what is he doing? He's used something that's very high value that you can't, you know, you can't get access to him unless you, you know, pay huge amounts of money. And he's saying, I'm going to give it to you for this review because my end goal is to grow this other program because that has scalability. Ah, and that's the word of the day. Scalability. Does your business have scalability? What are you doing and why? And can it get to the next level? Because that is what we're doing today, everybody. We are breaking through growth plateaus. That is why we have the Big Picture Business Podcast. And on that note, keep it real. It's been fun. (laughs) (laughs) We hope that you guys just continue to come back and learn. And oh my gosh, in case we have not shared yet, thank you to every single one of you who continues to listen and to watch and to share this podcast with your friends, with your dentist, with your doctor, with your neighbor, with everybody, because the Big Picture Business Podcast is officially ranked in the 1.5 global world of podcasts out of 6 million podcasts. We are so close to squeaking into the top 1%. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, we will be there very soon. Probably by like within a month. Be incredible. And it's truly, it's thanks to all of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Have an amazing rest of your day, evening, whenever you're listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.